Are you interested in improving your procurement and negotiation skills and understanding? Well, this is the podcast for you. The Procurement Podcast with Andy and Christoph. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Procurement Podcast. Uh, this week, we have Jean-Michel Carrier, CPO of the Department of Communities and Justice for New South Wales. And as always, we have uh, my co-host, Andy Frank. Hi there. Um, and myself, Christophe Bayer-Varger. Jean-Michel, welcome to, uh, welcome to the show. Yes, hi. It's going to be a lot of French accent. <laughs> Probably a little bit. I'll yeah. try and balance it out with... Well, with, you're, you're with, the with English. You don't know where you stand. <laughs> well, as I always explain, I was born closer to Paris than I was to Birmingham because I was born on the South Coast. So <laughs> that's true, I'm that's sure true, we, can, we, can, we can fudge this in French. Now, quite, quite excited to have uh, Jean-Michel um, um, on the podcast today. There's been quite a bit of changes in the... Uh, in some of the uh, the agencies in New South Wales, and uh, and obviously that brings some additional challenges um, to uh, a current a current position. Jean Michel um, uh, was the CPU of the Department of Justice, and now is taking even more uh, responsibilities uh, with the old Family and Community Services. So, Andy, do you want to ask that uh, that terrific the traditional question? question yes. Yeah, just to start off, Jean Michel. So, what is procurement? What is procurement? Well, that's a, probably a changing answer. You would have asked me about um, six months ago in, in, in my old job. Um, and, you know, I, I probably would have um, started with, with business partner. Um, I think, you know, that's, that's probably where procurement wants to situate itself as a, as a function these days. Um, you know, acknowledging that, you know, we're not here to deliver the business on behalf of the business, but that we're here at that strategic level uh, to help uh, achieve the strategic objectives of your organization. Today, uh, at, in a time of change, uh, I find my role to be that really more of a uh, bit of a navigator yeah. um, around, um, you know, um, directing people in, you know, what they should do, what they shouldn't do. Yeah. Um, and and it, it's probably, you know, sort of um, having a lot of conversations with, with the different business areas who used to work in very different procurement cultures, let's, let's put it that way, um, to, um, you know, navigate this new environment. Um, so, you know, hoping to get um, to, to, to a business partner um, feel of the world uh, very soon. Um, but at the moment, um, it's more around, you know, sort of setting the direction and, um, and, and seeing, um, you know, how to um, navigate a very, very complex environment. I like that as a description. I think that that's that's very. Uh, I think it's very fair in terms of the way uh, the challenges that need to be met can be pulled together. Uh, so in terms of you're giving them a framework about what you know, giving suppliers a framework about what can and can't be done, but at the same time you're giving your own departments and teams a similar framework. Maybe not exactly the same, but it's certainly a similar framework. Say. These are the parameters in which we should work. That's right. At the moment, it's facing a lot of internal changes. I think our supply and landscape uh, within the new department is, is fairly stable. So there's a lot of suppliers that we're using in, in both of the legacy um, agencies. So, um, you know, rolling a, a, a supplier development program, for instance, is not something that I anticipate will, will be too hard, um, but probably it's more an internal challenge um, that, that I see at the moment uh, where I'm talking about the navigation. Uh, and it's really about, you know, getting your internal stakeholders to, you know, first, you know, um, understand that as a new organization, we need to define our new strategy, we need to define a new vision uh, around, you know, what, what we're here to do, and that we're, you know, more than one plus one. Uh, 
um, and and that you know the, the work that we do in in um, dealing with you know different parts of the the community, um, dealing with uh, a different part of the population that interacts with the justice system um, is probably different to what we were doing when we were separate agencies with um, probably less of a, um, uh, a, an incentive to look at overall societal outcomes uh, of, of what we do mm. as, as a group. So, um, you know, sort of finding our internal definition of who we are is, is really the big challenge today and, and for procurement um, to say, well, you know, within this framework, that's how you, you know, engage with suppliers and that's how you develop your contracts. And, and within the government, you, you obviously you have to follow specific rules. It's a little bit more rigid than in the private, uh, private industry. You want to do the right thing, uh, not, in terms of, not only in terms of processes, but also in terms of equity to the markets. You know, you don't go to the to the suppliers to the one that you just want. You need to go to all the suppliers. So, many of those projects usually takes a little bit longer than what it will take in a, in the private industry. And in the meantime, you have to not only educate the stakeholders in terms of here's the direction that we are trying to achieve, but also educate those stakeholders in in the best possible way to run procurement, and ensure that you know properties and guidelines and procedures are followed. So when you take all of this and then you join the justice with community services, community services and, and even though it's part of the same organization, it's two different, you know, it's very different um, um, outcomes that they might want to achieve perhaps. Yeah, yeah. I, I think at the moment, you know, what, what's really um, um, interesting to me is that, you know, our organization overall, um, you know, and, and both legacy parts of the organizations have moved towards more outcome-focused procurement, which is great. You know, that's mm, that's yes. a good place to start from, uh, which is good. Um, but operating in a, you know, um, in, in a changing legislative environment and changing government environment, right, we just had an election, which is why we're having those changes coming on. That's where the challenge lies. Mm. Um, and, you know, I liked when you were saying the things about the, um, the different... Uh, environment in government, we're, we're spending public money. Um, so, you know, the, the level of responsibility and scrutiny to what we do is is, is very different. We, you know, our quote-unquote shareholders are everybody in the That's community right. and we're accountable to absolutely every single person um, in, in the community. So, yes, you know, it's a, it, it's a heavier environment, but it's heavier for a reason, right? It's the accountability is there to ensure that you know we actually deliver on the outcomes for the for 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 the citizens of New South Wales? Um, the um, other thing um, is that I've lost my train of thought. So you will get that out. But I think I think uh, talking about the aspects of of, of uh, scrutiny within the job. On the one hand, some people might find that a, a burden and a challenge. But I would envisage that that would be something actually you'd most probably relish because it just gives, by having that greater transparency, it means that you can operate in a, in a more realistic manner because having my experience of, of working on both sides in terms of, in terms of the uh, local government in the UK but also for uh, private businesses uh, uh, in the UK and in Australia, um, there is a, an assumption that, that scrutiny is 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 you know, is going to happen in in private businesses, um, but as Christoph alluded to, you know there can be challenges that can be very easily met. Saying, "I really like them. I want to work with them." 
make that happen. Whereas, and you cannot do that in government. Whereas in government, no. because then you could say, actually, this is about establishing, and um, whatever your success criteria is, you're at least, you have a, a transparency and, and a relative honesty that doesn't perhaps always exist in other areas. And it's, uh, I, I find, yeah, I would think I would, would relish that environment more because you just know what the the the, uh, the playing field looks like, whereas on the in the private side it can be more of a um, an uneven, <laughs> uneven surface. Yeah, yeah, and and it's right. It's not it, it's not about who you like. It's about who's going to deliver the the best value for money, uh, and and who's going to be here to to deliver your outcomes. And you know what's the right size of that within the um, existing. Um, restricted amount of resources that that government has, you know, how do we get the best outcomes out of those resources? So, yeah, I mean, I find it, you know, a really exciting environment on the on the daily basis. Um, the um, the other thing that you know, government is 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 probably um, an interesting space to 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 work in is that you know the ability to uh, impact social change is second to none. You know, there's there's to my to my understanding, no other organization yeah. in, in which you can work and see the results of your work having an impact on, yeah. on the community. So, you know, for me, um, you know, I've been involved in, in, in some projects where, um, you know, um, sort of organizing travel arrangements so that, you know, in case of an emergency, you can have support workers um, be close to the community uh, within, you know, a matter of days rather than a matter of weeks. Yeah. That's something that's been really re- rewarding to me. Yeah. Or, you know, being able to engage, you know, with, with suppliers um, that then come up with initiatives for us to um, find different skills for people that are currently in custody so that these people... Um, then increase their skill and have skills that are relevant uh, for gaining successful employment when they get out of custody. You know, that's something that's extremely rewarding and that, you know, I, I doubt that I could find in, in, in other organisations. Yeah. And, and that's probably what keeps me um, the most engaged in my job. And, that, and that's a true value, isn't it? You know, there, there is re- that's a real, it's, it's not just the, the financial value, but it's, it's the outcome based on the the service or the solution that you and and the, your supply partners have been able to pull together, and that's a, that's really that's exciting. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and have you got some example of of project that are really close to your heart, without getting too much into details? But something that you know, you have done, and 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 some of the the stakeholders have done that that really contributed positively to the uh, to the community. Yeah, I can't talk to the actual detail of, sure, of, of course, the suppliers, yeah. of course. Um, but what I will say is that um, I was very surprised when, you know, um, launching the supplier development program um, last year, um, that we had um, the most innovative responses coming from um, suppliers that um, just because of the categories that they were operating in, we didn't think that they would necessarily be interested in in doing business with us, and you know, sort of doing interviews with you know our our our, our large suppliers, um, which were not necessarily giving us. They they're not suppliers that do service delivery for us. They're suppliers that you know provide um, support yes, type functions. Yeah. Functions. Um, and suppliers have been really really interested in participating in our outcomes. Um, so. Um, it's probably one yeah. of those cases because those suppliers usually, when you have a tender, you yeah. are being told what you know you need to respond. So you're never really being, as a supplier, as you know, you're not really being asked 
tell us another way we could operate. You're, you're just given a document and f fill this document up and respond to as many questions as you possibly can in the best possible way. Yeah. But for once, if government agencies go to the market, who the market has the knowledge um, yeah. uh, and ask the simple question, what can we do better? Open, you know, be more transparent and, and work more as a, as a cross, you know, cross enterprise as opposed to a buyer-seller, you know, uh, relationship. I think there's quite a lot of benefits that can be achieved. Absolutely. And I think if you can unlock that creativity, because, you know, in so many cases, you know, if, if you are, you, you come to me and say, Andy, I would like, I, I want, I want five of A. Uh, and uh, and I say, well, I, yeah, I can I can supply you five of A. That's that's fine. But wouldn't you like four of A and and one of B? And you go, well, what's the that? Well, see, and then you can get into a dialogue and a conversation. And you know, on the buying, say, from my previous experience on the buying side, I'm it's it's very reassuring and refreshing when suppliers come in with something new and say, I know you think you want this. And you do, but if you also did this as well, then this is the knock-on value that you can that you can establish. And of course, it benefits us. We're not we we you know it will you know there's a benefit to us to do this, but you really need to do this because it will either save you time, it will save you trouble, it will save you money, or all three of those. Uh, and uh, and that's really you know, and I think occasionally businesses in general, you know, whether you know. Uh, uh, whether they're, you know, state or, or you know, uh, nationally or federally uh, run, or they're independently and privately owned, um, they they think that the person who's asking the question thinks that he knows what the answer should be, and you know, yeah, normally when you ask a question, it's because you don't know the answer. Yeah. And, and what I found very often is that if you uh, take the view of engaging your suppliers uh, on an ongoing relationship, where it's not just reporting, it's not just management, it's about improvement, it's about looking for new ways of doing things. Uh, and then you adopt this view over the you know, three, four, five years of, of the contract, then you can unlock a lot of really good value that you know, keep and maintain the profit margin of the suppliers and reduce your cost at the same time. So it's, it's really valuable to engage your suppliers and not have this buy-sell relationship, which is the, a bit of old school. But actually, the the, the best thing we've seen were um, you know coming from suppliers that you know had not necessarily been neglected or not managed, but considered to be you know sort of normal run-of-the-mill um, in in and and internally as much as externally, not necessarily perceiving the value of the relationship. Uh, and just by, you know, basically picking up the phone and setting up a meeting, uh, we unlocked uh, a lot of value, a lot of savings for us, um, which is great in terms of, you know, being responsible and accountable to, uh, you know, taxpayers. Uh, but also uh, for us, unlocking a lot of ideas about our own business that suppliers came up with. Um, and what was really interesting to me was that, you know, in in government, you know, you don't necessarily think about your brand value, um, and that um, you know suppliers could perceive that being associated with um, certain outcomes of government would, would be valuable to them as much as it is to us. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that came up as a surprise to me last year when you know when we were engaged in in the supplier development program. Um, I, I would never have thought. Um, that you know we could have unlocked as much value yeah. just by basically picking up the phone with uh, the people that we were spending a lot of money with. Yeah, and and yeah, 
but that's great, isn't it? When you, when you sort of say, "Oh, I see," and and because uh, if people can work with 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 you, you know, that's a really useful calling card for them when they go to other, you know, into into to other conversations, and you say, "Oh, so you work?" Oh, I see. So you know that 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 implies. You know, uh, that there's uh, uh, trust, that there's, you know, ability to deliver on service and that it will be, you know, commercially it will be, an, you know, a, an appropriate relationship. And, th- and think about the additional value that can be unlocked if you invite the supplier, supplier and the supplier, supplier, supplier. I know, and you know, I mean, certainly um, with the um, you know n- new um, anti-slavery um, um, and legislation in in Australia, um, it's certainly something that you know all corporates and governments um, yeah. now have to engage in, and you know, it's. I see that as a very positive conduit to um, um, start thinking about your supply chain as a whole and your supply supply chain, um, and and think around you know, um, you I mean first you know, making sure that you know yeah, we're getting the right social outcomes um, in 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 terms of eradicating modern slavery, which is you know the number one thing, um, but also you know through unlocking that conversation you know, looking at value creation all the way through that supply chain, which at the moment, you know, certainly in, in government, it's a little bit of a black hole. And I think the, you know, that the point about modern slavery is, is something we've, we've touched on in, in previous uh, procurement podcasts, but incredibly valuable and incredibly important. But also, I think the additional value it unlocks for, for your suppliers who might not have been uh, as broadly aware of, of, of potential um, Issues within their own supply chain, and as you say, if if you can if you can gently challenge your your supply chain, say, okay, can you, let's let's be a bit more transparent about what 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 the situation is, and they in turn will be then going back down the route, and and it's almost like one of the um, uh, ancestry family tree things. You sort of start going mm-hmm. back and back. And oh, I see. So. Okay, that is a problem. However, we can, you know, there's a way to resolve it. And the far-reaching effect that that can have all the way down the, the supply chain is really exciting. I think, you know, that is a, that, that's a really ethical and valuable place to be. And it's one of the things that gets occasionally lost. So, as we were saying earlier about how cool and groovy being in procurement really is, uh, that is cool and groovy. If you say you're having a direct impact on these people, you know, in a positive way, yeah. not just you know the people you're providing the service to, but all the way back down the line. It's really exciting. So I had to mention that uh, I've been doing my own answers. You wanted to mention the word groovy. Didn't you? <laughs> well, procurement <laughs> and groovy they go hand in glove, like. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's it's, it's that supplier, supplier, supplier chain. It's it's been a topic from a very very long time, and and you know started I started looking into that into the nineties, and still today. You know, very few organizations really go deep in those supply chains. So there's definitely a lot of values to be uh, a lot of value to be unlocked there. And just thinking on that, um, is that something that, um, in terms of uh, in terms of broader legislation, is something that you envisage becoming even more robust? Oh yes, it already is <laughs> a lot more robust. So um, yeah, um, let's cut that one out because yeah. it's. Yeah, the legislation is just being enacted at the moment. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but it will absolutely yeah. will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the biggest challenge as a chief procurement officer? Um, is, is it the 
people's management? Is it stakeholders? Is it passing on the message, making sure the glue stick? What 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 is the you know the the thing that I wish I didn't have to deal with this today? Oh, uh, well, let me maybe, tell you. Maybe in a let, let me let, let me tell you what I really enjoy. Um, <laughs> um, for me, the 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 bits that are that I like this probably two two or three bits. Uh, so you know, strategy is is something that I love. You know, understanding that you know as a as a corporate enabler, um, you're actually here to deliver something which is the objectives of your organization, and that's you know a, a piece of work that. Um, I've done with my team for for the last three years, um, which has seen us understand where we fit in the broader picture of the organization, you know, and organizing then as a um, result, a series of, you know, sort of capability development and individual, you know, sort of performance goals for people in the team to see, okay, well, where do I sit in, in this organization? Um, where do I want to be um, in, in the future? Um, do I want to understand more about certain objectives of my organization? And then how do we go in terms of capability to facilitate that? Um, and then once you understand that, you can look at capability for your own team, but you can also look at capability for your own organization, right? So capability is something that goes that goes two ways. Um, and so one of the most exciting part of my job, uh, certainly over the last four years, has been to um, develop that. So we've put a massive program in place, which has seen more than 3,000 people trained. Um, and um, and that's adopting, you know, sort of research on learning that says that, you know, most of your learning you do on the job, right? About 70% of your learning outcomes you realize on the job. Um, you know, another 20% you realize through social learning, you know, like, like today we're having a, a social conversation about our function and we're learning from each other. And, and 10% is through courses, yeah. right, through formal learning, education and so forth. So, you know, having a think around that and, you know, putting that in the context of your strategy, then you can really start thinking big uh, around, um, well, you know, who is it in my organization that I need to understand about me in procurement? Who is it in my organization that me in procurement I need to understand? Yeah. You know, I need to understand their strategy, I need yeah. to understand their objectives, I need to understand where things are coming from. And then, you know, more practically looking at, you know, sort of staff rotations, looking at, you know, shadowing opportunities, looking at, you know, forums, networks, community of practice, all of this sort of stuff. That's been, you know, for me, probably one of the most exciting parts of, of, of my work, um, you know, um, not just talking into a very large group of People, which I enjoy doing, <laughs> but also, um, you know, having those one-on-one conversations with with people in the business around what their key objectives are, what is it that will keep them awake at night, and yeah. how can I participate as part of my role in delivering that objective? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that whole equation around, you know, where do I fit in the organization, and what does my organization need um, in terms of capability in order to get to the outcomes. I think it's you know where um, probably a lot of procurement organizations at this stage would like to spend more time, but necessarily don't necessarily have the luxury to, to yeah. do that. And I had to make a very conscious decision, uh, you know, when I set up my team that that part was going to be a non-negotiable. Yeah. That you know I was even ready to you know cut away from category management in order to focus on those strategy and capability bits um, and. To me, I, th- I think that's what's been enabling me to deliver the most change in, in my tenure in, in this job. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, what Procurement is all about, 
not necessarily about negotiations. Okay. You know, I, I think it, I, th I think it's a, it's a probably a, a, a bigger thing around strategy and around capability. And yeah, and I think it's, absolutely, and I think that's that's um, you know that really resonates in terms of you know strategy, capability, the education piece within your teams, within within the broader community, and um, and, and we've. Uh, Christoph and I have spoken with uh, with a number of different procurement uh, professionals, and, and some uh, are, are hindered by the, the the lack of imagination of, of the broader organisation, mm. uh, and so it takes them longer to to get to this this position. And it's interesting you said, actually, having said on the one hand, you know, procurement isn't just about ne negotiation. You also then factor in a non-negotiable, which is it's yes. about the strategy, which in itself is a negotiation. But, <laughs> I, 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 lo but I, lo I love that. I love that. That works because that works really well. And so this is how this, you know, if you want to do this the right way, this this is the approach and is taken. And and I, I do. It does seem in, in the in the journey that we're going on with with the podcast, we're, we're coming across more people who seem to be embracing a far more progressive approach towards procurement, mm -hmm. uh, and that in turn, hopefully, you know, by sharing these you know, these conversations, will enable and empower other people within other procurement um, areas to, to go. Oh, okay. I think to me, what really prompted me to think about those things was when I landed the job of CPO. I had never done a procurement before, right? Um, so, you know, I came from a, a different background and, you know, it was a, a, a great career opportunity for me at the time. Um, and, you know, I had a, a fantastic um, leader who said, you know, you're a capable person, go forth and, and conquer and, you know, go through this procurement thing. So um, to me, it was really, you know, well, looking at what I knew, looking at the skills that I had, how do I best deliver these objectives for these functions that I've never touched before, right? So it was really looking at a lot of literature, doing a lot of interviews with colleagues, with, um, you know, um, chief procurement officers around um, the um, public and, and private sector and seeing, you know, what is it that makes you tick? What is it that keeps you uh, awake at night? And, you know, where do you think I should be going with this particular um, piece of work that I've been now tasked to establish? Um, and, you know, sort of learning from all of these conversations, I, I came up with this you know, sort of five pillars of procurement strategy, which I still utilize today, you know, um, four, four and a half years later, um, which is that, you know, first procurement is around, you know, your, your customer centricity, right? You're not here to replace the business. You're, you're, you're here to participate in the delivery of, of your organization objective. So, you know, understanding who your customers are and understanding what they want is really at the core and yeah. of, of everything that you do. So with that, you know, you will have systems, you will have policies, you will have enablers, you will have all this sort of stuff, right? Um, and that's, that's what sits at the center of the strategy. Then um, the second area is around category management and, and supplier development and around all of that technical things that you do in procurement, right? Your subject matter expertise, right? But to me, that's only one of five. Right. Um, the um, third area is probably what procurement is most known for um, in, in, in the business, and that's not necessarily being good. It's you know, probably being perceived as a roadblock, but it's around, it's around governance and it's around risk mitigation. Right? And that's part of your function. And certainly in government, you know, Christoph, you were uh, alluding earlier to legislation. We have more than 150 pieces of legislation that relate to procurement. So, there's a lot of that, and we can't deny that. You know, it's never, go it's just yeah. never going to go away. So let's just let's just embrace it. It's part of the job, right? Then the fourth area, 
is around capability, right? Um, understanding what is it as a procurement unit that you need to do, that you need to be, uh, and understanding as an organization what you need to do and what you need to be, right? And the last part is, you know, around sustainability, innovation, and continuous improvement, right? And all of that part is where really all of your benefits come from, right? So having the conversations with um, your supplier, thinking about, you know, the diversity in your supply chain, thinking about, you know, all of these elements that, you know, we um, talk time and time again, um, you know, that, that we keep talking about, you know, um, your, your environmental uh, objectives, your social objectives, which, you know, for a department like uh, Communities and Justice, it's at the core of what we do, right? Mm. We're here to deliver social outcomes. So, you know, uh, to some extent, you know, we need to find the partners in the supplier community that are going to adhere to those values. Mm, yeah, that's right, that they are aligned yeah. to the vision. Yeah. So, you know, to me, it's, procurement is all of these things, right? It's all of these five yeah. things. And, you know, I've, you know, seen procurement units which have a very heavy focus on the technical side. And to me, you're not necessarily placing yourself in the best way to be understood from your business um, if, if, if you do so. Um, and um, yeah, so, you know, to me it was, you know, sort of, I guess, drawing on my own skills in the other areas yeah. because I, I knew how to draw this, um, but also, you know, trying to paint a sort of 360 degree picture of where I wanted to take procurement in my in and, the group and i think that that key thing was so you know the core of it is is understanding you know understanding what your what what your you know who are your customers you know who who you know what is what is the business there for and and it isn't it isn't and we, i think we've mentioned this before but it, it isn't about having the best car fleet it is about why why are we having cars right. you know what are these cars going to be used for and and, and it's just about understanding is actually our job isn't we're not we're not a subsidiary of a car fleet we, we are the communities and justice and you know and that's the the key yeah. uh, you driver. need to provide value to the end consumer which is the taxpayers and and you know they they, they pay to get value to get services to be able to move from a to b in public transportation or to have a hospital to have a justice system that is fair and and the agency is meant to deliver the best possible outcomes for those people interesting you say about uh, about the the suppliers uh, and their alignment with 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 their approach um, uh, do you um, do you find that um, that there's more than enough good what I'd say for want of a better phrase, good quality suppliers in terms of who can align to your principles and to the values of, of your five key pillars? I think maybe I, um, I would refine that a little bit um, because, you know, um, certainly in, in the work that we do, a lot of the suppliers that, you know, we engage with are non-government organisations. So a lot of suppliers we engage with are very small suppliers who do an amazing job in very small communities. They're not trained at writing tenders. That's yeah. not what they do. You know, yeah. they 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 they're good at you know providing the emergency the services, services that yeah. we need, right? Um, so for us, in 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 terms of you know identifying all of that, um, you know alignment, it's understanding that it's a journey, um, both on our end and on our suppliers' end, right? So some of the interesting work that you know my organisation does. 
Um, and, you know, they're part of my organization. It's not something that I initiated from procurement, but I thought, you know, that sort of sparked ideas for me in terms of, well, you know, maybe I can do that in other categories, um, is, um, you know, for particularly for those non-government groups, and especially when we talk about small providers in local or regional areas, um, is, um, you know, sort of running roadshows and, and tr you know, uh, running sessions to... Uh, um, to those areas where those supplies are to say, well, actually we're, you know, there's gonna be a tender, right? So it's government, there's gonna be a tender. But in order for you to, 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 to do well, um, that's the things that you should think about yeah. when you respond to us, right? So we understand that, you know, what you do is, you know, you don't have a bidding team. We yeah. understand that, right? We, we, we acknowledge that that's the environment that you're operating in. So how do we then best engage with you? You know, it could be around, you know, some, you know, pre-engagement, could be co-design, it could be, you know, sort of training, like I was saying earlier, um, or, um, you know, simple roadshows around explaining what your objectives are for your tenders, mm -hmm. whatever it is, it's acknowledging that, you know, that journey, we need to go on it together. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, to, to go back to your question around quality suppliers, where it's also about, you know, having um, requirements um, that understand what your market environment is because yeah. you're not going to get out of it, you know. Yeah. You can't just say, I don't have a quality supplier available. It's, it's about saying, well, you know, what does my market look like? What are the incentives uh, from my suppliers? What is it that motivates them? Um, and, and understanding that and then um, tailoring your, your approach, right? So are you going to take a collaborative approach to design your services? for instance, right? Yeah. So that, and that's what commissioning is all about yeah. um, in, in government, which is a very big change for us. Um, so it's saying we don't operate in isolation from our suppliers. It's not just that they are good and bad suppliers. It's that, yeah. you know, in order to deliver the outcomes that, you know, our, that, you know, the organization wants to deliver, we all need to somewhat change and agree on outcomes yeah. and, and you know that's, it's going I to think be that, an iterative that's process. a really good point of clarification and, and and yeah it's far better than just saying are they good or are they enough or they're mm. bad but it's just and again that comes back to that core point about what is what's the you know what are we doing this what are we doing this for mm. and if you've got somebody who can deliver emergency services uh, in a in, in one of the more isolated regions but they can't fill in uh, the, 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 the tender well, the process, tender, yes. but they can save people's lives. That's right. Then you, well, you, you think you want the person who's, who's going to save lives as opposed to the person who's really good at filling well, in the tender. It, it, it's exactly very right. short in, in the way that the question is posed sometimes. And I've been on both sides. I've been responding to tenders and I've helped agencies write tenders. And very often or sometimes the question that is asked is, what is your methodology to deliver blah, blah, blah? And you talk to a small supplier's methodology is a methodology. I mean, I know I can do the job. Or you can rephrase the question and say, here's our situation. Give us a couple of examples of how you've addressed that situation. Then they will tell you, we have someone picking up the phone. Then we have the first dispatch unit. Then we do this. Then we do that. And without realizing, they are telling you the methodology. Yeah, yeah. But through a real case scenario, which they can relate. And, and I suppose this comes back to the broader tendency, uh, potentially, for, for procurement experts for want of a better word to to over uh, elaborate and over complicate the process right, yeah. because that in some you know it's almost like the smokes and mirrors of well if i can baffle them with language i mean you know, then then in some way that shows you know i'll put all the right keywords in it and that yeah. should be yeah. 
And I think, you know, to me, in, in you know, sort of my personal journey in procurement, um, it's also been a, a realization that, you know, there's no such thing as a perfect tender, right? Tender is just a process that's going to get you into a relationship. Yeah. The important part is the relationship. It's what happens after the tender, right? So uh, it's, it, it's all about that, you know, that trust, that um, acknowledgement of, you know, um, objectives and, 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 and performance journey that you're agreed to go on. And then, you know, can you go over and beyond uh, through, you know, um, a, a development program between between supplier and and, and customer, um, and yes, as I said, my you know sort of perception of even my role has drastically changed. That you know, procurement is not a compliance role about tenders. Yes, you know, a lot of the legislation that we have to comply with is about that. So yes, the navigation of that process is complicated, and just have to deal with it. Right, it's just part of the job. But really, all the value is is in that downstream. That's right. Yeah, uh, around, you know, what do we do when the relationship is in place? You almost have two phases. Like, can you do the job? Yeah. Yes. First tick mark, small tick mark. Yeah. And then the bigger tick mark is, is how can we work together for the next five years? You know, what is what programs are we going to put in place to take costs out of the, the equation? How are we going to improve the relationship? How are we going to come up with new ideas, new initiatives? How are we going to identify issues and risk mitigate those so they don't happen in the first place? And that's a real value. It's not just, yes, I've ticked all the boxes and I've got a contract. Is because you can have the perfect copyright person writing all the right thing and then you get the job. But then can you actually deliver on it? And Yeah, and I think that's one of the things when you potentially get, you get pro- professional procurement specialists who are bought in to respond to tenders. I mean, I've, I've done it, you know, I've had to do it myself for more for businesses in the US where somebody say, can you, we don't understand this, but can you just respond in the way that, and it's just me writing back to a procurement person who go, oh yeah, they know how to do that. That's, you know, and it's actually, it's cost everybody time and money. And it's not true. And it's, and it's, it's it's irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I think it's one of the phrases, I don't know whether you've come across it or it's, it's, it's in common sort of general parlance or, uh, uh, is about uh, the whole point about signing a contract is to, is to sign it and put it in the drawer and, and only come back to it uh, in three years time. Well, because first you need to find it. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, but it's now. This is about this is about the dialogue. That's you know, right. This yeah. is about the dialogue, and and it and as opposed to you know any any anybody who's coming into a discussion about the relationship with a copy of the contract in front of them, it's most probably already got too far because you haven't had that dialogue. Say, so, actually. We, we, we need to, to reevaluate this. Yeah, that's right. And so in, in our organizations, the, the way as a, as, as a procurement unit and as a business partner, we've addressed that is, you know, the capability thing, right? So instead of focusing on the upstream aspects, you know, sort of talking through capability around contract management and, and um, you know, managing a relationship with a supplier. Um, the other thing that we've looked at uh, with you know, Christoph, we've done work on, on this uh, in the past, um, is, is around enablers, right? So do we have systems that enable us to, to do what we're supposed to do to make sure that, you know, we don't lose contracts, uh, that, you know, we, you know, we operate in uh, 
the 21st century. Uh, and, you know, we, we, we have relationships That's where... That's cra- crazy talk now. <laughs> that, you, know, um, you know, both from a supplier and, and, and uh, a customer we're aware of, you know, we can have, um, you know, frank and honest conversations around performance, around milestones, around delivery. You know, these things are often um, not even neglected, but just, you know, considered to be hard to do. Uh, especially, you know, in business areas where, you know, your focus is to deliver services to the community and, you know, not necessarily trained to have difficult conversations with suppliers or yeah. performance conversations. So it's having those enablers both around capability, around systems where, you know, basically at a click of a button, you can see whether something is done or not done, whether a contract is, you know, due for review or not, yeah. um, you know, that changes the whole landscape around how you think about your job, yeah. uh, around how you think about, you know, who you're doing your job with, i.e. your supplier. Um, so, um, you know, for me, it's been a huge focus in, in, in the last couple of years to talk about enabling, and I'm going to use this word over and over again, uh, whatever form it takes, you know, be it, uh, um, be it training, be it Education. system, being, you know, just, you know, participating in you know, the gender process or, you know, whatever it is. Um, but it's making sure that we have everything at our disposal that will get us to the outcomes. So, you know, when we talk about systems, you know, um, some of the thinking that we're doing is also around, you know, what do KPIs look like for our organization? You know, where our objectives are not the same as everybody else, yeah, yeah. right? So what is it that we're trying to achieve? Then building a, you know, and giving you a very concrete step, being a KPI library that fit into the key results areas that are, hours that are important to us, right? Then thinking about metrics, right? So what is more important to me in terms of, is it this particular key result area or is it that particular key result area, right? So it's really, you know, sort of almost like decanting what's important to you so that you convey that all the way to your contract, all the way to your contract relationship so that, you know, when you're having, you know, as a contract manager, that conversation with your supplier, that, you know, your starting from a base where, you know, you're talking the same language because you're all working towards the same objectives, right? Because some of them are your KPIs, both for you as an employee and for you as, or, and, you know, the equivalent translated to you as a supplier. So yeah, it's really important to, you know, sort of, you know, sort of, I guess, translate that strategy piece into all of these other elements that will support um, your, your, your delivery. We used to go to uni to learn about the skill, but I'm going to be trained in marketing. I'm going to be trained in finance. I'm going to be trained in procurement. I'm going to be trained in whatever. But now we are, it seems that we are more entrepreneurs within organization where we have to be trained on a lot of things, including interpersonal skills, communications, ongoing negotiation, not necessarily getting more from one and another, but coming up to a common ground. Um, being able to understand the other department's requirements and needs, you know, in addition to being able to explain your own requirements and needs. And it's coming and it's back. Changing. It's yeah, changing. And lot. I think it's, it's coming back to, to the point about cap- capability, which you, you've, you've honed in on a lot, and I think that's an enabling as well. But I think it's that it's almost that the, the accelerated environment that most, most of us are now working in means that, you know, it is no longer you go and sit at your desk and the, your job is to process this aspect of the job and then the person next to you will process that aspect of the job. 
because if that person's not there and or the person hasn't passed that bit of process to you, you then need to, you know, and it, it's intriguing. So I do a bit of work in terms of in terms of going to speak to schools and colleges about this, about how, you know, one of the things around negotiation training and how, what is a negotiation? And, and it's fascinating talking to 16, 17, 18 year olds who are saying, well, of course, it's about getting the best deal. And they, they think, uh, you know, some, one of the recent conversations, somebody took Donald Trump as a role model about how best to negotiate. Now, that might be a really valid point for somebody, you know, but the point about it is, you know, how, you know, what does a negotiation look like? And it, it, it's all, you know, and the response was, it's all about winning. Mm. And I said, what does winning look like? What, 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 you know, what you mean, do you yeah. mean? <laughs> yeah. And then, then once, because I think that's the, the, as I say, this this progressive piece of procurement, the procurement's evolving into, and it's not just procurement that's doing it. It's you know, it's accounting's doing it, yeah, legal's doing it, yeah, yeah, and and there needs to be greater reach into different departments and different areas. So it's it's interesting that you didn't come from a procurement background, oh, yeah. and I think that's really healthy because I think it, I think if you just you know, uh, you know, when I grow up, I want to be a CPO, you know, that sort of thing. But actually, you most probably need to experience a, a broader uh, understanding of life and business because you can then add greater value to, to that role should that be the one that you end up you know, alighting on. Um, fascinating. So uh, one of the questions that I do like to ask in terms of, uh, in terms of the procurement piece and, and uh, uh, is, apart from your current role, which obviously you're, you're, you know, you're delighting in and, and finding a lot of challenges, but at the same time enjoying, if you could be um, a, a procurement uh, lead anywhere globally, what? What role would you really relish, apart from this one, of course? Oh, well, that's very challenging. I've never <laughs> actually thought about that. I never thought about the, the my first one. <laughs> about my future roles. I always end up... Um, and it's funny, I, I went to a, um, a seminar a couple of weeks ago, um, and um, the facilitator said, um, you know, the one really, you know, not a lot of people really trying to be in procurement. You know, people fall into procurement. And one of the participants said, no, no, no. I didn't fall in procurement. Procurement found me, <laughs> and I feel very much the same. Um, that a lot of people say that. Yeah, yeah. we had. I didn't know. To, to Sarah Collins from the ABC, she says she loves procurement. She's yeah. like she's. Uh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so, I, you know that, that, I didn't that, know the job existed when I left school. Exactly. Well, actually, most probably didn't when I left school. It was a long, long time ago. Exactly, but I could see a lot of you know um, pride in the room. Um, of you know, the, it was it, it was a room that you know had CPOs from um, various companies. I, I was one of the only public sector people there, um, and um, and and then the, I, I was you know sort of warmed by um, seeing how much pride people had um, in this job that, you know, they never thought they would have because they probably didn't even know it existed at the time that they studied. And that, you know, they, this discipline or this area had, you know, somehow found them, you know, as if, you know, they had been chosen. Yeah. Uh, and I really, I really like that. Um, so, yeah, that's probably how I feel about, yeah. about, about the job at the moment. Um, you know, to me, it's really about the 
the delivery and associating to um, mm. to to the objectives of the organization that I work in. Yeah. Um, and you know, certainly, um, you know, that that was my motivation to join the public sector in any yeah. kind of capa- capacity. Yeah. Um, so you know, I probably don't see myself outside of um, a a, um, a role that would associate to um, you know broader deliveries of outcomes yeah. to the community. Um, and, and, you know, that's probably where I, you know, I, I think my my next role will find me rather than me finding it. Fantastic. Well, that's, uh, I think that's a very, very neat way to uh, to wrap up. Thank you so much for your time. Really, yeah, thank you. uh, it's been really a fasc- fascinating talk and, uh, and uh, good luck with um, doing what you're doing. It sounds like, uh, it, it sounds like a very um, uh, energising and, uh, and exciting uh place to be so that was Jean-Michel Carrier from the uh, uh, on the procurement podcast Jean-Michel the CPO of the Department of Communities and Justice along with Andy Franks from Bright Sky Clear Mind Clear Mind and uh, I missed that last bit huh? it was not very clear and then uh, and then myself Christophe Barrier-Vargé from uh, procurement consultancy consultancy firm I should be able to say that by now uh, BVW Global Thanks again. Um, thanks again, Jean-Michel. And um, I'm sure the listeners will be really enjoying this podcast. Thanks again. Thank you thanks, very much. Guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Procurement Podcast with Andy and Christophe. For more information, please visit our website, procurementpodcast.com. And feel free to email us your questions at info at procurementpodcast.com.